On this premiere episode of the Catholic Echo Podcast from the Diocese of Youngstown, we're talking about vocations with Bishop David Bonner, Father Chad Johnson, and Deacon Will Wainio. Find more about this episode's topic, including articles from the Catholic Echo at catholicecho.org slash podcast. And now the host of the Catholic Echo Podcast, Father Jim Corda. Hello and welcome to the Catholic Echo Podcast. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda. Our show is brought to you by the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and Cumulus Media Youngstown. Welcome to our show, Bishop Bonner. Thank you so much, Father Corda. It is great to be here. You know, we're very excited to, first of all, have this opportunity to have this Catholic Echo podcast, and it's an opportunity for us as the Diocese of Youngstown to share some information, to talk about the things and issues that really affect us as church, as human beings, but also to give some information to the folks that are with us about why we do what we do as Catholics. So the first thing we want to talk about, and I think it's very appropriate, is vocations. Today is Vocation Awareness Week. So how appropriate is it for us to talk about something so personal to you and me as vocations? And we want to focus on vocations to the priesthood. So I'd like us to begin by talking about your personal experience as a vocation director back in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. Yes, that was such a privilege to embrace that ministry. And really, as a vocation director, my task was, in the name of the bishop, to help foster, encourage vocations. Vocations are really a call. To use even more powerful imagery, every vocation is a seed. And a seed needs to be nurtured. It needs to be cultivated. You know, God works in mysterious ways. I know we've heard that phrase, but just as we watch a seed grow, it takes time. It demands some energy, some tenderness. It's the same with a vocation. And it usually begins in the home. That's how mine began, right in the home. I remember celebrating Mass with my little brother and just coming home from church and just wanting to do what the priest did. And that call just never went away, even as much as I tried to resist it. So my job as a vocation director is simply to cultivate vocations, but that work is not limited to the vocation director. Let's go back to that word gift, because it truly is a gift from God. You know, however, we want to name what vocation is. Primarily, it's a gift. It's a blessing. We're called by God to do the service of the church. That gift is not always recognized in our younger days. For example, in my experience, personally, I probably thought more about the priesthood when I was in high school, in my later years in high school. And it was because it was nurtured by one of my high school teachers who was a a priest. And I think because I liked what he was doing and I saw what he was doing and he kind of saw something in me, then that gift kind of came to fruition. And I'll never forget his invitation to me. I think it was an invitation. I don't think it was a command, but I think it was an invitation about going to the seminary. He says, I think you'll be very good as a priest. Well, that was something that kind of took me by surprise. And yet, the more I thought about it, and when I went home and told my parents about it, and experienced their reaction, that it was something that they probably knew in their own hearts. 
that that was something that I was going to pursue. So when I got to the seminary, I knew right then and there that was the place for me to be. So many of us as priests get that gift in different ways. It's not always a a resounding thunder. Sometimes it's a whisper. Sometimes it's a call from a family member or someone you see in church or a relative. And I'd like us now to talk about discernment. You know, that's kind of a big word. And for young people, that's not something they think about. How can we break that down for the folks that are listening to help understand what discernment means? I love your image of the gift. A gift is usually wrapped, mm-hmm. and there are many layers to the wrapping of a gift of a vocation. To unwrap it, it's a total team effort. Mm-hmm. It's family, it's community, it's parish family, but it's also the person himself. And that unwrapping takes place through the very act of discernment, mm-hmm. where a man steps back prayerfully, intentionally, collaboratively with a spiritual director, and looks at that gift, but also looks at himself relative to that gift, and seeks to embrace it, and seeks to own it. It's a very scary thing, not only for the candidate, but also for the parents. I know in my work as a vocation director, part of my work involved calming parents, because they were so scared when their son would come home and say, hey, you know, I'm thinking about the priesthood. Mm -hmm. I have to admit that there are family members who are not as supportive to the young man who is interested in becoming a priest or pursuing that gift and that discernment call. But in other ways, we have to depend on the support of others, whether it's other people or the bishop or other priests. That's really crucial. The one thing I'd like us to focus on now, and it's kind of the elephant in the room, and that is the fewer priests that we have. I like to call it fewer priests because it's a little more positive than saying we have a priest shortage. We have fewer priests to do the work of the church. Does that bother you? We could always use more priests, good, holy, faithful priests. But this is where we are. And, you know, we take what God gives us. Every year when I was the rector of the seminary, there would be priests and people who would say, how many men are you going to have this year? And I say, we take whatever God gives us because in the end, God provides. And while some may look at this situation and use the word crisis, I'd like to see it more as an opportunity. I know that this is an opportunity for members of the entire church to step up and to claim their role and responsibility. This is a wonderful opportunity for lay ecclesial ministry, for people who are professionally trained and gifted to do the work of the church. Now, let's be honest, it's apples and oranges. Only a priest can celebrate the Eucharist. Only a priest can absolve someone of their sins. Nevertheless, the work of ministry is very multifaceted, and Father cannot do it all himself. So this is something that we are committed to, we're intentional about. And so the thing I want to say is this. Priesthood can be a wonderful life. I read a book many years ago entitled Happiness is an Inside Job. I think there are some people who look at priesthood and say, I don't know if I could be happy in that life or if my son could be happy in that life. I think that when a man puts himself before God, prostrates himself in that sanctuary on his ordination day, and gives his entire self to God in the church, great things happen. When he lives according to God's grace and will, as opposed to his own will, great things happen, and there can be happiness. But we also know this isn't heaven where we are. There's always the cross. 
And I think that's something we have to always keep in mind. There are certain challenges that will always be there, that will always face us, but we pick that cross up and we walk with that and we follow, hopefully, in the steps of the Lord. What I'd like us to focus on now is what would you say to some young person who might be contemplating the priesthood? Maybe something he thought about years ago in grade school, or maybe it's something that he considers as a vocation or get more involved in the life of the church. What would you like to tell that young person? First of all, I would say do not be afraid. I think that a call from God can be very unsettling, especially when we look in the mirror and we say, who, me? You mean you want me and my humanist to do your work? I would say do not be afraid. The second thing I would say is trust. Trust in God. Put yourself in his loving arms and let him lead you and hold you and carry you. And the last thing that I would say is just be open and patient. We live in a culture that is quick, instant, fast-paced. The unwrapping of a vocation takes time and patience. Well, Bishop Bonner, appreciate your presence on our podcast today. In our next segment, we're going to welcome Father Chad Johnson, who is a young priest and also vocation director. And then in the final segment, newly ordained deacon, Deacon Will Wainio, who is hopefully going to be ordained a priest next year. So we keep those men in our prayers as we do all of us. And we ask the folks that are with us to please pray for vocations to the priesthood and religious life. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Corda. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Did you know that the Catholic Echo magazine is delivered 10 times per year to 52,000 Catholic households in Northeastern Ohio? That's more than 150,000 people. And the Catholic Echo website, catholicecho.org, has been averaging 30,000 views per month since it launched in February 2023. Advertise your business, special event, or service with the Catholic Echo in print or online. Email catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org. Advertising discounts are available for Catholic institutions as well as for businesses that commit to five or ten issues in a year. Email catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org or visit the advertising tab at catholicecho.org for more information. Joining me is Father Chad Johnson. Welcome to our show. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. You know, we started this week with National Vocation Awareness Week, and I know that the theme is vocations, grace, and mission. Mm -hmm. What I'd like to talk with you about is the grace that God gave you personally to respond to this call, to this vocation, and how you see your mission in the church today. So talk about the grace, first of all. Okay. Well, it's all grace, right? I like to say in a very real way that the Holy Spirit kind of drug me into this kicking and screaming. As I was growing up, I was not the one that was playing priest with the tablecloth and the, mm-hmm. the vanilla wafers. I was, priesthood was never on my mind. It wasn't until I, I had this radical encounter with the truth claims mm-hmm. of who Jesus Christ was mm-hmm. that I really had this idea that maybe this is who I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I put a lot of that out of my mind for a very long time. I, I ran from it. As I look back, you know, the people in my life who were preparing me 
were saying the right things, saying, encouraging me, and come to find out later that I had a number of people praying for me. So it's all grace. And, you know, the Lord will never put something in front of you that he won't prepare you for and lead you to. So it's been just, yeah, it's just a lot of grace in this. I see my mission as being Christ to the people. You know, there's a number of things that we do as priests, and I think the most important one is that we stand in the person of Christ. So my job, my whole ministry is, as you know, to be Christ to his church. Mm -hmm. So anything that I can do to facilitate that, whether it's Mm -hmm. not only just being active with the people, but also prioritizing my own prayer time, prioritizing how that I can be strengthened in order to go out then and do, you know. I tell people all the time that you can't give what you don't have. Mm -hmm. So if I am called to be Christ to another, then I should pretty much be emphasizing my own discipleship in this process too. You know, it's interesting as you were talking and talking about your journey and responding to the call, I was reflecting on my own. And as I was growing up, I really never thought about priesthood either. As a matter of fact, when I was in my junior year in high school, I was actually sending letters out to universities because I had an interest in becoming an architect. It wasn't until the following year, my senior year, that a priest who was teaching us religion said, I think you should go to the seminary. Mm -hmm. And so when I brought that home to my parents and we talked about it, I mean, my parents were very involved in church. And they, of course, were very surprised, but very happy. And so I always remember they dropped me off at the seminary. They said, now, this is not what you like or what you want. You come home. Mm -hmm. So that support of the family, I think, is crucial. Now, in your experience, was that something you had as well? Did you have the support of family and friends? And how crucial is that? Well, it's very important. And I think it's, it's going to be unique in its own way. You know, I come from a non-practicing family. So my parents absolutely supported me. But I think in a little different way because they didn't quite understand, one, where this was coming from. Of course, I could relate to that. Mm-hmm. But two, this idea that church was not something that we went to every week and you know it was not something that we were involved in now I was I went to a Catholic grade school Mm -hmm. I saw that as important Mm -hmm. but it was never something that was like prominent in our family life and yet I knew that no matter what I chose to do I know that mom and dad would be behind me and, and they've proven that time and again so when I went to them and said I think I might want to go to the seminary, they just really didn't know what to do with that. And yet they told me the same thing. It's like, if this is what you want to do, we're here for you. But if this doesn't work out, then that's okay too. So isn't that how grace works? You know, grace is not something that, you know, we can go to the grocery store and buy. It's a freely given gift. Mm -hmm. And that means we have to be disposed and open to it. Mm -hmm. And that comes in different ways. Obviously, families who are very supportive, who are practicing Then there are families that are supportive, in your case, not practicing. Then there are those who are none of the above. And so there's that whole sense, well, okay, what gives me the strength to accept that vocation as gift and to move on with it? Mm -hmm. So there's something there that's calling us and that's moving us forward. I'd like to go back to that word mission. Now, that's kind of an old word that we would use. Because when we think of mission, we think of overseas and sending priests to foreign countries. But mission has to do with doing the work of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And what exactly is the work of the Lord 
that you feel called to do in your priesthood? So as a diocesan priest, I think we're kind of a renaissance, you know, we're, we're jack of all trades. You know, we have to be all things to all men, as Paul says. And yet at the same time, we have our own unique charisms and living out how that works. I always tell the people that I'm with that, you know, what are we called to do? What is the mission of the church but to build the kingdom of God here and now? And if what you're doing does not do that, then why are we doing it? I had to spend two years working with college kids at Kent State University, and that was a phenomenal experience. Mm -hmm. I really like that idea. Campus ministry, I like working with youth groups. I think that's, Mm -hmm. there's just so much there. And I think most of that has to do with the fact that I'm now in the second year as the vocation director for the diocese. So being with the people and being with especially the youth of the church, the young church, they're not the future of the church. They are the church. I have a lot of of fun with that too. This being Vocation Awareness Week, what would you tell some of the folks that are listening, especially those who might have a son or daughter that might be disposed to thinking about the priesthood or consecrated religious life. What would you tell them? And what would you like to tell someone who's thinking about a vocation? I think to both those who are considering, especially if they're doing so in like the dark of night, they haven't told anybody yet. They really don't know what to do because it's kind of terrifying. And even for parents after they find out, in the immortal words of John Paul II, you know, be not afraid. I mean, I know that it, it's new, it's, it can be confusing, but that's what we're here for, you know? We never journey alone. And the idea is that the will of God will never take you to where the love of God cannot find you. If you are experiencing this pull, this tug on the heartstrings, I think that the only thing you can do in truth is to explore that. And, and that's what my job is, to be there to try and help you sort through these things. Not both candidates for priesthood, religious life, but also for mom and dad, because that can be kind of confusing too, especially when it doesn't make a lot of sense. So I'm here, that's what my job is, is not only to walk with the guys that are looking for priesthood or the ladies that are looking for a religious life or anywhere in between, but also for mom and dad to say, you know, I don't know what you know or what you may have heard, but going to be okay. Father Chad Johnson, thank you for being with us. Thank you. Glad to be here. Stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. The new Catholic Echo podcast will inform and entertain the faithful of the diocese by discussing various topics that are relevant in the church today. Bishop David J. Bonner begins the podcast with your host, Father Jim Corda, on the topic of the day, and then you'll hear from others with expertise on that topic. You can listen to the Catholic Echo podcast on Sundays at 6.30 a.m. on WHOT-FM 101, WYFM-FM 102.9, WQXK-FM 105.1, or catch it online by going to catholicecho.org slash podcast. The Catholic Echo Podcast is produced by the Communications Department of the Diocese of Youngstown. Welcome back. With me now is Deacon William Wainio. Welcome to our show. Thank you, Father. Thanks for having me. You know, the Vocation Awareness Week that we're just starting today is upon us, 
And it's an opportunity for us, not only as a diocesan church, but as the church in general, to think about, to talk about, and to celebrate vocations. I would like us to do today is for you to talk about your own personal journey. I know that we've talked about it many times on different shows, but for the folks that are with us in this new episode, I'd like us to talk about your call, your receiving that grace, and how you found yourself responding to that and where you're at right now. You know, I think what I've learned in the seminary actually has also helped me strengthen the point of where this vocation began. And through many of the professors at the seminary, but also through some of the reading I've done, especially on Thomas Merton, the idea of we all share the same vocation. That is a call to holiness. Mm -hmm. That is a call to be a saint, really, one day. How we respond to that call differs. Some are married, some are single. You know, I'm looking at priesthood in a few short months, God willing. And I think knowing that, I can look back and say, you know, it really was the nurturing of my faith and the call to be a disciple, to follow Jesus, to be holy. That's what really got my mind thinking, how will I respond to this call? I had a great, I continue, I shouldn't say I had, I have a great family support system that started from when I was a very young child, Mm -hmm. even before I went to school. I had a great-grandmother that lived with me, and she wanted to be a nun. She didn't end up being a nun. She had a family. But she would take care of my sister and I when we were young. You know, my parents both worked. And we would do a lot of those things. What is the rosary? How do you pray it? Why is it important to pray? The mass on TV. She was pretty homebound. and Mm -hmm. Those things got me thinking about why we do this. So then when I went off to school, I'm very blessed. I have Catholic education all my life, elementary, high school, college. When I went off to school, I really knew what I was doing when it came time for prayer and Mm -hmm. going over to Mass. And so then in those moments, it was, you know, as a young child, watching intently what the priest did or the deacon Mm -hmm. did. Why is that important? So the journey really started from when I was very young. I tell people, since kindergarten, Mm -hmm. I've known I wanted to be a priest. That call has come and gone through grade school, especially in high school. You know, you're dating, and I was looking at different careers where I might go to college, but I still always had that idea and that fire within, you know, the Lord calling me to be a priest. It never left me. There were moments where I kind of shoved it off. I did other things. I didn't go right into the seminary after high school. I was about five years out of high school before I went to uh, the seminary. And that made all the difference, too. I worked. I worked full-time. I owned my own home. I I did a few different careers. And it really taught me how to help people, how people live, how, you know, the average person has a home and a mortgage and bills and a family to take care of. But it never left me. And then one day it was just, it was like a knock on the door of my heart saying, the Lord saying, you really need to try this. Mm -hmm. So I did, and I'm so glad I did. Well, I think that's really important with any kind of vocation or call is that you have to know that this is right for you. Sure. Because oftentimes we get into positions or people choose a job or another vocation or a career path and it just doesn't work out. Sure. Because they're either their heart's not in it or it just is not for them. So that whole sense of discerning what is right for you, I think is important. Let's talk about that word discernment and kind of break it down a little bit for the folks that are with us so they understand what's involved. Sure. So I always go back. uh, People always say discernment. That's for nuns and priests. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. I mean, we can look at 
dating and the engagement period as discernment as well, right? Why do a couple, you know, man and woman, why do they date? Why do they get to know each other? Why do they get to know each other's families and lifestyle and their jobs, their likes, their dislikes? It's all a part of discernment. Is this person right for the rest of my life? Same thing with priesthood, which is why everyone, the famous question, why does seminary take so long? Well, you're discerning a call to a lifelong commitment. It shouldn't take just a few years. And in that, you know, you really have to listen to the voice of God in the silence in your heart, but also God speaking through the people in your life, your formators, your teachers, family, friends, mm-hmm. the supporters across the diocese. You know, we get so many cards, and we're so grateful for them as mm-hmm. seminarians. And even a card that just says, I'm praying for you today, it might not even have a name, I'm praying for you today. To know that people are out there praying for us during this time of discernment is the greatest support. So what is discernment? It's time spent with the Lord figuring out if this is where God is calling us to be for the rest of our lives. It can't be, you know, what do my parents want? What do I want? What does the people at the diocese or in the parish, what do they want for me? You have to push all that aside. What does God want from me? What is God calling me to do? And the only way to do that is a conversation with the Lord in prayer, of course. You know, also those discussions with trusted people. Because the Lord does speak through our relationships, Mm -hmm. for sure. What I'd like to do is talk about the theme for this year's Vocation Awareness Week, and it's vocations, grace, and mission. We've kind of touched on the grace part. Let's talk about the mission. Sure. What is your mission right now as a deacon in the Catholic Church? My mission right now is service. You know, I know a lot of people know already that the deacon is to be in service to the church, to the people of God. And that's not to say other people aren't, but that's really a mission of the diaconate. And right now I do that through being at school, still working on my education, being with my brother seminarians, helping them. I do that in the parish on the weekends, going to the parish and serving as the deacon for mass, but also helping with parish activities and But also there's that social justice side that I love that, Mm -hmm. you know, you're helping the poor, you're helping the vulnerable, even if it's not hands-on, you know, giving someone a sandwich, you're just advocating for them. And that's something that I think people often forget, that you don't have to physically do something Mm -hmm. to be a missionary. You don't have to go out and convert a country to Catholicism, right? People did, and that's wonderful, but... Mm -hmm. Prayer from the comfort of your own home. Pray for the mission of the church. Pray for the priests and deacons and religious and laity that work day in and day out to carry on the mission of the church. Just being an advocate of what the mission of the church is. Pope Francis tells us so clearly to go out to the fringes, to accompany Mm -hmm. these people, to pray that that is successful, to support those that do it, you know, whether it be financially or through prayer or just. I support you in your mission. I'm glad that this year's theme includes the mission because I think in the vocation, we also get caught up with discernment. What does God want for me? That sometimes we tend to forget about also the work we have to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad, you know, and mission is a big part of it. You know, I think too, looking ahead, people always say, why do you want to be a priest? Well, my mission right now, thinking of priesthood down the line to bring the sacraments to the people of God. Only a priest can do that. And I think that's why when people say, why do you want to be a priest? I want to be able to bring the sacraments to God's people. And I've heard that Mm -hmm. in my prayer and in the silence of my heart. I've heard God prompt me 
William, this is what I need you to do. I need you to bring the sacraments to my people. And, you know, that'll be a mission one day. It already is through baptisms. I've had a, a few baptisms as a deacon. It's been wonderful. Communion to the sick and the homebound has been a great mission that I've done, continue to do. So in ways it's already started, but I'm looking forward to bringing that to fulfillment one day, God willing, as well. Well, Deacon William Wayne, we appreciate your presence on our show today, but especially for answering the call and serving God now as a deacon and hopefully soon as a priest. Thank you. For more information, you can go to catholicecho.org. The Catholic Echo Podcast is a production of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Youngstown in cooperation with Cumulus Media Youngstown. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda. Have a blessed day, and may God be with you.